0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Inside Story on BFM 89.9
2: Good evening, this is Inside Story with Sharmila Ganesan and Lee Chwilin. Tonight, we're in 2020 again because we're discussing whether there should be another round of EPF withdrawals.
3: This comes as certain quarters are calling for it, but the PM has said that the government isn't likely to allow further withdrawals. So we're going to look at the pros and cons of doing yet another round and discuss what else the government can do to help those who need the money right now.
2: So tell us, do you think further EPF withdrawals should be permitted? Call 77332900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08 and let's start with the people calling for another round of EPF contributions, right? Uh, now just one example of this is a call that came from Pratubuhan activist Rayat Malaysia or pro Rayat. Uh, and they were speaking on behalf of um, various EPF contributors who had called for the government to consider another EPF early withdrawal of up to 30,000 ringgit. And they said that this is, um, that this is for, For mitigating the impact of the pandemic that's still being felt by a lot of uh, Malaysians. Now, if we look at what the Prime Minister has said, though he has said that this isn't likely, that he's not really in favour of doing another round.
3: Prime and Finance Minister. That's true. Yeah, so that's, I think, especially relevant in this context. Um, And he said that the majority of EPF contributors have little savings left. Um, Considering this, he said it would be better for the government to look at other options to assist. It's worth, I guess, just mentioning that previously when Anwar was in the opposition. He had supported the movement to allow early EPF withdrawals in March 2022, despite re- being reluctant, saying that it was because the government at the time had failed to use its coffers to address the people's financial problems and provide necessary aid. Um, we made the 2020 bitter joke at, at the start of the show joke yeah um, and that is because four tranches of epf withdrawals have been allowed in the past two years uh there was an epf withdrawal of up to 10k that was allowed last year and that follows ailastari and icina in 20 uh that follows aichitra in july 2021
2: and ailastari and icina back in 2020 so as, I mean, I think as we've come to this point of this post-pandemic recovery phase, it is worth looking back, I think, also to see whether um, these withdrawals have bridged that gap that they were supposed to. Um, but also what that means in terms of the savings people have left and the health of EPF overall, right? Um, and there are a number of things to consider here. Now, if we look at, um, what's coming from domestic trade and cost of living minister, Dato Sri Salahuddin Ya he, however, has said that, um, these requests to allow another round of withdrawals, um, which have been quite vocal to be, to be fair, uh, should be discussed at cabinet because, um, people are facing uh, issues due to the cost of living, like rising cost of living, um, and that essentially, uh, perhaps this is something they should at least talk about before deciding that it's not going to happen.
3: I, it's a it's a very difficult one. I think it's a very tough one to to talk about. Partly because the numbers that we've seen coming out of, or rather, the numbers that EPF have reported of what they have left, or rather, more specifically how much the average Malaysian has, how old the average Malaysian is in relation to how much they have left in their EPF. Some of what they're saying indicates that we're talking about people emptying their accounts in order to to get this money. And I know the argument could be made that it is their money, they earned it, um, their employers supplemented it, it's theirs to... To use as they need. But then I think that it is relevant to also to think about us in the context of an aging society.
2: Yeah, because are we just passing on today's problems for the future Malaysia to handle? Because what happens when 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we have a group of aging Malaysians who don't have the savings to see them through because that's what the EPF is meant to be, right? So we are looking at the pros and cons of allowing another round of EPF withdrawals after this. But we'd like to hear from you. Do you think further EPF withdrawals should be permitted? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this we'll be speaking with Dr. Nungsari A. Radi, who is an economist. So keep it here on Inside Story BFM eighty nine point nine.
4: Be firmly motivated. BFM eighty nine point nine.
2: It is six thirteen. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn and we're talking about whether we should approve another round of EPF withdrawals. Do weigh in? Do you think further withdrawals should be allowed? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, tweet us at BFM Radio. We're now joined on the line by economist Doctor Nungsari A. Radhi. Doctor Nungsari, good to have you back with us. Hi.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: So, uh, an organization representing a group of EPF contributors called Pro Riot, uh, they are calling for up to 30,000 ringgit in withdrawals, and they say that this is a short term solution for people who have been impacted by the pandemic. What does this indicate about the financial situation that many Malaysians are in?
0: It's undoubtedly that uh, people are having uh, problems. They've been having problems the last two, three years. Uh, that's one issue. Then the issue of actually allowing for further. Uh, withdrawals from their future retirement and uh, and the future of EPF as an institution, a financial institution, a retirement institution, is another set of story. And and I don't know how. I uh, Think back, I don't know ten, fifteen years ago, when the government first uh, decided to use uh, EPF as a, f- a fiscal policy tool. You know, allowing people to withdraw uh, their savings. Uh, prematurely uh, in a way that does not build their capability to retire uh, uh, properly. And, you know, they allow people to buy houses, that's fine, using DPF. They allow people to withdraw for uh, selected investments, that's okay, that builds your your retirement thing. But to allow withdrawals, I've been uh, prematurely and in a way that does not build their capacity to retire when they retire. Uh, I've been consistent uh, to, to be adamantly this against this sort of thing. I mean, we we can discuss the state of uh, household health and the need for a better safety net. That's one issue. We can discuss uh, uh, the state of EPF as an institution. But to to sort of link the two, I have my issues with that, actually.
3: So just to play devil's advocate of sorts, right? Domestic trade and cost of living, Minister Salahuddin Ayub has said that another round of withdrawals, in his view, should be discussed by the Cabinet. Um... Could you talk to us about the arguments that you've heard uh, as well or that need to be taken into consideration here as to why this is something that some people are arguing is necessary?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it necessary because, uh, because uh, there are not more 50 nets for the sort of uh, uh, households and individuals that are suffering. Uh, but my point is actually, you know, if you looked at the withdrawals that were made the last two years, over 100 billion was, was withdrawn. That means ten percent of a ten percent of uh, the size of the, fund, the total fund. If you look at withdrawals at the age of retirement at fifty-five, it's about like what fifteen billion a year. That's equivalent to having like what six years, five years of uh, withdrawals going on at the same time uh, It might help people. It's, it's helping. I hope people uh, uh, to manage their present situation, uh, but it doesn't uh, do much in my in my view. Look, you, you, you know, active EPF members is like 7.5 million. Our total labour size is like, what, 15 over million? There's a million? There's like 7 other million people uh, who have EPF accounts that are not active. We don't even know what the hell is going on with them. They need help. They need help. They don't even have EPF account. Uh, they might not be working or, or whatnot. These 7 million that have account, like what? Uh, most of them have... Almost nothing in their account. I mean, the, the, what, like half a million or whatever have, have less than 1,000. So you already have a, a major problem that 7.5 million people who are uh, working but not members or active members of EPF, which is going to hit you at some point in the future. And you have another 7 million that you're already having problems. Why are we making it harder uh, 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 for the 7 million that we can do something with? While at the same time, you know, nobody's talking about the other 7.5 million that don't even have active EPF accounts. So, so you know, we have to put things in perspective. We know that uh, some households are having problems. Uh, they've allowed, for what, four withdrawals now? 2020 to 2021, um, 2022 even once. So over 100 billion. So uh, let's think of some other ways to help the households that are... Uh, uh, in dire need of help. And they link this issue with further withdrawals from EPF.
2: Dr Nungsari, we have a message from a listener. Uh, so Danny is saying EPF withdrawals should be left to individuals. Why should we judge if someone needs their retirement funds to tide over today? And I think that really um, talks about whether the state should be intervening in deciding these things for people. What are your thoughts on this? That's,
0: that's totally wrong. Because the floodgate was open at one one time. You know, we 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 took how many years to build EPF an, an institution. You know, you know. Look at what happens to PTPTN. It's it's a totally screwed up financial institution. They had good intention, but we allow for uh, exemption here, exemption there, reducing costs and whatnot. It's so a totally screwed up uh, financial institution. Look at Coop, for example, which is supposed to take over the the the, the pension scheme for the public sector. It's not doing that because it's not. Uh, adhering to properly to financial guidelines, kind of EPF People like me is fine lah, but people similar like you because you are still working. The money is not. It is yours. It is yours at fifty five. It is not yours at thirty five. Hmm. So you can't say, "Oh, my money is up to me." No, it's not your money. It's your money. Yes, it's your employees' money contribution, your employees' contribution, and yours for the time when you're fifty five. Not now, not when you're 25, not when you're 35. So I I don't buy that argument.
3: So the Prime Minister, uh, who's also the Finance Minister, has said that he's not in favour of this, pointing out uh, what you're circling as well that many contributors have very little savings left, and that it would be better for the government to look into other options. Yes. With that said, what would you like to see the government consider?
0: Well, I think I think the thing that was announced last was it last week or early this week. In terms of the cash transfers to selected households, yes, do that. Do we do? Can you can even do more of that? Of the targeted uh, cash transfers to uh, to households that are in need of it. I mean, cut all these general price subsidies. Uh, you don't have to spend more; you spend the same amount, but you have to cut all this uh, money that is spent on overall uh, general price subsidies and, and allocate them uh, to properly to 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 selected households or cut some of these expenditures, some of these mega projects and. And help more uh, to provide a better safety net. I mean things of that sort. I mean forget about EPF. You know EPF. Like EPF is also a financial institution. Uh, the biggest financial institution in the country It has over one trillion ringgit. It's a major, not just in retirement, but it's a major player in the capital market. You know it's. it's if not for EPF, the government cannot be running deficits the way it's been running deficits because the government is effectively borrowing from the EPF, because EPF is subscribing to quite a bit of the bonds. Uh, uh, I don't know, liquidity is important uh, uh, to have in the capital market to finance all these deficits. On the other hand, at the same time, notwithstanding, EPF is primarily a, a, a retirement uh, institution, financial institution.
2: So um, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but if I could get you to expand, having seen several rounds of these withdrawals so far, in fact four have been done already. What's actually known about the state of our EPF coffers?
0: You no, know, EPF. Uh, basically, what has happened is like I think uh, four rounds over a hundred billion. You know, to put things in perspective. I think annually, EPF gets gets about seventy some billion. Uh, you know, uh, subscribers' members' money in and, and, their, and their employers. So basically more than a year, year and a half, year and a quarter, uh, sub- subscription money has been taken out. So EPF is big, but what it means is it has less liquidity to play in the, in the, in the, in the capital market. And, and, and notwithstanding the fact that BNM has raised, okay, today they've kept, kept it fixed, but uh, interest rates have gone up. So the cost of borrowing uh, for the government to borrow, uh, in the capital market has gone up. Uh, so that's, that's what has happened. Uh, financially, in the capital market, uh, taking the perspective that EPF is a major uh, a player, they're a major player in the in, English in capital markets, especially the debt market. <clears throat> so some... they're, still, they're still doing fine. They're, people ought to be proud that we have a, an institution that's been <laughs> doing well until recently when people start to withdraw money from, from EPF.
3: So some have talked about how the government could replenish the EPF, uh, including by increasing contributions by employers and employees when the, the economy improves. Do you think this is viable?
0: No, I think, I think uh, out of the hundred billion uh, ringgit that were, that were withdrawn uh, by, by people who have money to withdraw, um, I mean, some of them, not all of them, I think, uh, those who are uh, deserving um, should be considered for some sort of tax credit in the future, that in a way uh, 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 builds, rebuilds their their balances in, in, the, in their accounts in the EPF, because you see the withdrawals, the hundred over billion uh, withdrawals of EPF was in lieu of what government should have spent, right? Because government didn't spend that; government only spent about right, ninety five billion over the, over the span of two years to provide actual direct assistance, uh, whereas EPF contributors uh, took out more than that, hundred over billion, uh, to help. Uh, you know, keep them going. So maybe for some of those EPF members, uh, some sort of tax credit or future tax credit ought to be considered to rebuild their balances.
2: Now, the last few rounds of these EPF withdrawals seems to have created a mentality that the EPF should be accessible in times of need, uh, which is a pretty big change from when you could only access your EPF under limited circumstances and time. What can be done to help people move away from this expectation and, in some sense, this dependency?
0: No, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong to say this is my money. Let like, give it to me because I want to spend it now. And it's wrong. I think I forgot when was it that the government allowed this to happen. I think ten, ten, fifteen years ago. I don't know. But this, it should be, it should be stopped. Somebody should say no. This is not what the money is it's meant for. It's meant for your retirement. It's not yours. Yeah. So it has to. Otherwise, people think, oh, I have some money, let me take some money out. Because what will happen is you will not just not address the issue of uh, retirement uh, and living after retirement for millions of Malaysians. Uh, You will also mess up and screw up uh, uh, EPF as an institution. Uh, It won't achieve the objective of providing uh, retirement uh, financing for, for, for employees. Nor will it become the kind of financial institution that it's supposed to be. And it already is. So, you know, people should be clear. People, I don't know, Minister of Finance, Prime Minister, should come out and say that. And, and, and Or maybe people like me can say that. I don't mind being being core punished for saying that.
3: <laughs> we have a WhatsApp from Anthony who says um, the the pension fund is still a pension fund, yes, but... If it shows distress, for example, what would happen if that pension fund goes belly up? I think reflecting on perhaps a lack of trust that some people have in the EPF as an institution and in parking um, their retirement savings there.
0: Yeah, See, that's the other thing. I mean, there's confidence by employers, there's confidence by employees, there's confidence by players and, and all kinds of intermediaries in, in the in the capital market. There's confidence uh, by ratings agencies, not just. By companies or, or EPS, but also uh, sovereign rating agencies uh, on on the integrity of 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 our institutions. Of course, it will undermine if we keep on doing this and not put a stop to it. It will undermine uh, all kinds of confidence, uh, uh, and it doesn't doesn't augur well for you know building confidence for investors to come in as well.
2: Dr. It should be taken
0: seriously. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dr. Nongsari, thank you for speaking with us today.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you for being here. That was economist Dr. Nungsari A. Radhi speaking to us about um, the... Pros and cons of allowing another round of EPF withdrawals. Really, the cons being highlighted quite strongly. Uh, but do send your thoughts through. Do you think further EPF withdrawals should be permitted? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. I think we have time for a couple of messages. We
3: do. So we've got people who are for. Well, no, we had one person who was for it, but but we addressed that in the interview. Now. Now it's generally people coming in saying that they're not for it or they're only for it in targeted senses. We'll get to that later though. I, I do want to start things off with this from Munif who says, I don't know what the right call is on the EPF withdrawals but I do know what I see. Why is it that the politician's stance on this always flips in accordance to their status as government or opposition? It's almost never objective. So don't blame the right yet for not trusting you lot when you act like you've got our your paws in our cookie jar.
2: So some things to say there. Um, I, I Largely, I don't disagree with the sentiment you're expressing, Munif. But I also think, though, that in the specific case of someone like Anwar initially supporting um, a round of withdrawals and then now saying he's not in favour of it. Supporting it reluctantly yes, also. Yes, yeah. I was going to say it's worth pointing out that it wasn't a sort of unequivocal support. The other thing is um, circumstances change, right? Um, situations change. It is also possible that um, anyone really, not just Anwar, could say, well, at that point, there was a need. Perhaps now, perhaps things have changed. So, I, I think there are those points to be weighed as well.
3: I am appreciative, though, of the exhaustion with hearing uh, uh, with hearing politicians make big financial statements based on it's true their status of whether they are in power or seeking power. Um, not necessarily just this administration or even this administration at all, but we we do see this a lot, um, and and we see it in controversial populist financial decisions. I'm thinking of things like GST, which yes. we've seen you know, really bite people in the past. So I hear you, Munif, but I think that it is uh, distinct from what we're talking about today.
2: Do keep those thoughts coming. Do you think further EPF withdrawals should be permitted? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we'll be back after this to look at your thoughts and messages and then a little bit later on, we'll be looking at um, what other alternatives we could put in place instead of another round of EPF withdrawals. So do keep your thoughts coming and keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9.
4: Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
2: It is 6.37, 6.38 really. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn, And we are talking about um, EPF withdrawals and asking you whether you think further EPF withdrawals should be permitted. Uh, this is because there have been calls for another round to be instated. However, the Prime Minister and Finance Minister has thus far said He's not in favour of it. So send your thoughts through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. 789 8899 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now we do have a caller on the line. Good evening, Suhaini. What are your thoughts?
1: Hi, good evening. Uh, Miss Sharmila. Hi. Okay. Uh, I'm not in favour of allowing uh, the withdrawal of EPF funds Um. Uh, for for the current uh, usage, simply because first, uh, although yes, we have heard some opinions saying that, you know, these are the the people's money, they they have all the rights to it. But I think um, we have to understand uh, in the first place the purpose of the fund. It is for old age uh, not to be used uh, now because uh, that's I mean if if we are talking about today, uh, that's where your savings come come in. Uh, so uh, on on that first reason, um, it's basically for old age and it's it's not supposed to be uh, um, withdrawn now. secondly, uh, which is I think uh, the more important reason is because we are today we're talking about inflation. So the OPR uh, hike by the central bank, it I think it has been, um, if I remember correctly, it has been about a year now that the central bank has been trying to, you know, uh, increase the OPR. And and this is done actually because uh, with the view of, you know, it's supposed to uh, help us fight inflation. But you know, if if I mean, uh, when you increase the 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 theory is this: if you increase the OPR interest rate, um, people will have less money to spend um, um, because they are they're paying more towards their installments, their mortgages, and whatnot. So they have less money to spend in the economy. So when they have less money, they should uh, to spend. That means uh, it should translate into less demand in the economy. So when you have less demand, suppose you have, um, you, it would it would help to push the, the the prices of goods down. But if we are doing this at the same time, we are allowing people to withdraw money from the EPF. Uh, so, actually, in a way, we are sabotaging our very own effort. So, when we are trying, at one end, we you have the Central Bank trying to reduce the supply of money in the economic system. We also have, at one end, the government allowing people to withdraw money from the EPF. So, that would actually um, um, counter, act against uh, the effort by the Central Bank. So, that's my view, basically.
2: So, Haini, thank you for your thoughts. Um, actually, a lot of um, points there, uh, which I, I've, I've often thought about as well, this idea of inflation and how, what this means for the long-term health of not just our economy, but for the people who are going to rely on these savings um, as our currency continues to battle against that rising inflation rate.
3: Am I right in thinking that the dole um, in the UK is something that has always been there? despite the fact that we've seen things go from um, you know, labor, conservative, conservative, labor. In modern history? Yes. yes, I would think so. Yes. Um and, and I'm thinking about that in the for the same reason that you're talking about long term, because I think that if we had steady sources of support uh, monetary support or social support for people who are struggling to make ends meet and you knew consistently that you could go there, that the handouts wouldn't be so dependent on um, on budget or what happens or, you, you know, if, if you knew that the minute you're unemployed, this is what is available to you. It's not an ideal system um, and anything public funded I know is going to be Subject to how well the country's economy is doing. But I think there's something to be said for not just long-term retirement plan, retirement planning that is done by the state, but long-term social support, reliable social support that is provided by the state. And maybe that would have people feeling less, I need this now, I need this now because I have no other options.
2: So. People always point to the example of um, senior citizens in Singapore um, as a sort of, we don't want to end up like that, right? Mm. As an example of uh, retirees who have ended up with their savings not stretching far enough. Um, and uh, you brought up, Lynn, during the break when I, when I mentioned that, that in Singapore, though, there are better cushions uh, for retirees who don't have that kind of savings. For yeah. instance, housing, yes, which is not really available or um, done as, nearly as well here. And that's another point here that really, for many people, the EPF is the only cushion that they can rely on once they retire.
3: Well, um, Prith says EPF, to begin with, is a nanny state policy. But that is not necessarily bad. Unless the nanny is also irresponsible. If the nanny is irresponsible, then her moral authority to insist on any policy crumbles. The underlying issue here is the general management of the economy and a crumbling fiduciary trust among the public. It's not about EPF withdrawals. It's about the fact that you have no other move. And, and
2: I thought that that was quite telling um, and a good way
3: of describing perhaps how some people feel.
2: Yeah, I mean, the... The line about the it's the fact that you have no other move is actually really quite key to that, right? Mm. That for some people it really is the only thing that they can they can rely on, in the amount that they feel they yes. need. Yeah. So speaking of um, speaking of amount that they need, a number of people are talking about perhaps targeted withdrawals and whether that might be the way to go. Uh, Boye, for instance, says. Withdrawing EPF is just like taking money from yourself. Older and weaker, you need to work harder with less capabilities. The withdrawal should be allowed only for those who really need it to survive. Targeted people only. Investment is a counter for inflation for rakyat. EPF is the only investment most rakyat have. We're getting a lot of reality checks today, actually. Um, And and I agree with that. I I don't
3: know about targeted withdrawals, um, although other people... Uh, saying that they're for it. So Cameron Nizam says, if they for me, if they want to allow, then allow it for those who already have a certain amount of money. It would help the M40 at least. They're the ones impacted by the cost of living the most and most of the time the M40 is around 35 and above. Um, to Based on average, the average many is not fair. The M40 cannot go anywhere to help them save themselves from their loans and whatnot.
2: Matt Aziz is also saying um, no blanket approvals. Perhaps people should have to give supporting reasons why they should be allowed to withdraw and with a specific limit. The thing is, that. EPF, of course, already has a way to determine, you know, for houses, for instance. Um, specific for investments, So specific yeah. reasons why mm. you can withdraw. Um, I'm also not really sure whether targeted withdrawals are the way to go because who sets the, how do you set the parameters? How do you decide what is a good enough reason to allow it? I just want to
3: reiterate what our guest Dr Nungsari said earlier, which is um, in relation to, to when, We have traditionally been allowed to withdraw from the EPF. It has always been done at a point where uh, it is to better yourself and to allow and to create more earning capabilities for yourself. So, in other words, you are investing in your own potential money of the future. So education for example increases um, not all the time but you know should increase how much you can earn. Your house is an investment. These are the investments are meant to grow your capital. So those have traditionally been the reasons why withdrawals in a targeted fashion were allowed, but what we're talking about now is targeted to allow people to access money that isn't necessarily about this. I know that there was some conversation about how um, people should be allowed to, say, access EPF money to start their business. I remember that being one particular former Prime Minister, I think, who was kind of banging on about that. But
2: broadly, that's not really
3: why people are taking it out, I think.
2: No, and and broadly, I think sometimes it's just desperation. Um Keep those thoughts coming. Do you think further EPF withdrawals should be permitted? You can call 777-332-900, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for more of your messages. So keep it here on Inside Story, BFM eighty nine
4: point nine. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM eighty nine point nine The Business Station.
2: It is 6.47. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn, And we're talking about EPF withdrawals, whether another round would be wise. Uh, send your thoughts through. Do you think further EPF withdrawals should be allowed? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have a caller. Uh, no, I believe we're still waiting to get them through. Um... In the meantime, we have some messages.
3: Yes, so, um, okay, we have this from Cheryl who says, EPF withdrawals should be a temporary solution, not a permanent one. It also doesn't change your long-term financial well-being as it just sets you back in terms of financial health. So, Cheryl, I I have to say I'm not sure that that's the case. I I agree with the first part of your point, which is that it should be a temporary solution. I 100% agree with that. How old are you, though? How old are mm. you and how much do you have in there? How, mu- how long did it take you to accumulate that amount and how long will it take you to get it back?
2: And how much are you withdrawing? Yeah, so,
3: so I, I see where you're coming from, but I think that this only applies if you are already at a certain earning level.
2: And that's exactly what our guest earlier said as well, that it's one thing to talk about withdrawing at 35 and it's another to talk about withdrawing at, say, 55. Uh, now, I do believe we have our caller on the line. Good evening, Zul. What are your thoughts?
4: Hi, good evening, Shamala. How are you? I'm good, thank you. All right. Okay. Uh, I think uh for this uh it's good to allow but in condition uh, because I have a few friends and uh, one of it uh they have been given uh early with uh what we call uh M-S-S-S-S. Uh, mature separation scheme by the company and one one more guy my friend uh, was uh, been uh, because due to the downside so they have to remove him from the work so uh, what I see at their situation right now is pity for them because they they have to struggle uh, to quit in the morning sometimes so but both of them are managing level you know so, uh, my opinion, the money inside KWSP is what they invest for their all uh, this. but at this current, if we look into financials, present value and future value, present value is much important. if they are unable to manage their current uh, financials and uh, it may affect them to, work, to join like a KPK or bankruptcy. That's not good. So it's good for the government allow these uh, people in the bad situation or condition uh, for them to take out their money because this is what they invest in the first place. They also not not uh, plan that they might lose a job or whatever, but then uh, with the situation of COVID, the spillover effect is on them. So it's good for this 30K to be allowed for them to withdraw their own KWSP, for them to do financial management for their family. So uh, I agree in condition because as I think other caller did mention about uh, why we need to ensure what the uh, bank Negara is doing. So yes, I agree with that, but have to look into a situation for those uh, that not so lucky uh, with not having a job at right now.
2: Zul, thank you so much for your thoughts. Um, really, I think that's, uh, as you said, Lynn, a lot of people presenting some very real situations, some real struggles. And um, while I may not, and, and I'm, I'm really maybe not the biggest fan of another round of withdrawals, I do think that there needs to be solid solutions presented. What are we going to do to help bridge this gap to help people who are struggling,
3: which the government has said that they're going to present, right? That there are going to be other options they look into. It's also something that's going to make up the second part of our show because it is exactly that. No one is dismissing the fact that there are real problems and that there are people who are really, really finding themselves squeezed very, very tightly by, by the economic challenges of the moment. Um, we do, however, have this from Aaron, who says, is there any survey done on for the people who withdrew EPF where they used the money? I know a staff used it to buy a new motorbike, another modified his car. So I've heard these stories, but I've also heard uh, the kinds of stories that were shared by our caller, Zul, earlier. Mm. So for I don't know whether it's for every person who bought a PlayStation, which is another one that we heard come up a lot. Um, For everyone who bought a PlayStation, whether there were other people who used it in order to not lose the house. I'm not sure. Nobody's done, as far as I know, a formal survey. I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to be dismissive of people's struggles. While at the same time not acknowledging that some people really did take it out to not spend particularly wisely.
2: I said this yesterday about a completely different topic, but I do think that we should avoid judging the whole, by the very worst examples of something. Um, and even if there were people whom we feel didn't use the EPF savings <clears throat> the way we think they should have used it, like you said, like Zul pointed out, there are many for whom it actually helped them just get from day to day. Uh, we do have a voice note that's just come in. This is from Raj.
5: I think we have to look at it at a bigger issue and the root cause of the problem is people do not have uh, disposable income Um, so the the purchasing power and uh, the amount of money that they have at home is not enough and this is because the income level is not rising up and the cost of living is going up that's why they have to go and look at uh, their own money in epf and so on and by the way i uh, for the record i disagree with the uh, the guests just now that said that EPF is not our money. It is our money. And, uh, you know, whether to manage it, well, that is something that I agree that we don't want EPF to go bust. But then again, having said that, you know, I think the government should uh, manage it, but that doesn't mean that they should take from it. And I think that um, one of the things that they can do better is to give a higher return instead of giving a mere 4 or 5%. I mean, if you have a trillion dollars, you know it's not rocket science to make uh, seven or eight percent, right? And so I think uh, that that uh, the return should be better for for people. But at the same time, the bigger problem of income uh, that needs to be sorted. So we really got to really uh, really got to uh, work on the economy and build the economy and improve on our economy and. You know really move towards higher income status that is a bigger uh, plan that is needed instead of uh, worrying about uh, things like this and yes i agree that uh, you know direct amount deposited to people giving them a uh, cash is uh, one way to go maybe via uh, e-wallets or something but at the same time that is just temporary solutions so these are my thoughts
2: Thank you for that, Raj. So some points I agree on. I've always been a proponent of needing to look into what people earn, raising our 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 living wage to begin with. But on the other hand, I think when we that point about the EPF and that we should be free to manage it and so on, um, I think people often disregard the fact that when we have a huge number of retirees with no means of income, with no savings, the burden of caring for those people ultimately falls to taxpayers and to the state. And that's exactly why the state takes it so seriously. Uh, the challenges with ageing nations, for instance, is not a personal problem. It's a national problem. And that's exactly what we're trying to mitigate here.
3: Of course, the other side of it is that you are then asking people experiencing personal problems now to think about the retirement of the nation. Yes. And, and, and this is the push and pull, right? This is the challenge of living in a country with with taxation with public service with a retirement fund it's not easy and and I think that in the moment in a time of need it's very very difficult to to sit back and say a I will need it in the future or even further back and say, no, someone else will need it and the dividends are important and we all need to retire together. Because I agree with you. I just think
2: that it's a tough mental ask. So to actually address Raj's point about um, Raj, who was disagreeing with our guest, Dr Nungsari, earlier about who the money in our EPF account belongs to, Shaz is saying, the money in the EPF account is not ours yet. It's a combination of our contributions with contributions from our employers from young to old, that these contributions are only to be touched when we are old. Therefore, the money is not ours yet.
3: Which was, yeah, what Dr. Nungsari said. Um, Scoot, meanwhile, just says, Hey, it's been a while. My two cents. Just because you can
2: doesn't mean you should.
3: Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: let's see. We have. Um Let's see. We have actually so many messages coming in. Um We have. I, I was. I found this one interesting, and I thought perhaps with this side of things, Andrew says even the T20 need help if they have a large family and they are the sole breadwinner. So it's not only restricted to the B40. Uh, maybe a full house repayment using account one is a good idea.
3: So we discussed this off air mm. um, because the and I think this is one of those ways in which the B40 M40 T20 conversation can prove to be unhelpful, or, or the categories can prove to be. Unhelpful because when someone in the T20 says, or if you you might not be Andrew, but when someone says the T20 need help, I think the, the the knee jerk reaction by many people is to say, "What are you talking about?" But then if you contextualize that, a T20 person in our country is defined as earning ten thousand nine hundred and seventy one ringgit a month. Uh, if you extrapolate that to owning a house, a car, um, you say large family, so let's say four children, um, say parents still living. Both parents still living. Um, And if you take into account all the various payments and care that would need to go out and how that only increases over time, then we go back to Raj's point, actually, about Mm. income.
2: Belinda says... Go back to the objective of EPF. It's a social security benefit for retirement. Enough is enough. No more withdrawals until you reach your retirement age. Withdrawals were allowed during the pandemic and that's it. Otherwise, the country will inherit thousands of retirees not having enough in their EPF to see them through in their golden years.
3: I also wanted to highlight these messages that came in from uh, Fazli and Chong, who are making the same point. Uh, Fazli says, No. As citizens, we pay taxes through the nose for the government to look after our welfare. Using our retirement money as bailouts is a cop-out. It means they're not doing their duty. And I'm still irate that some politicians claim this as their gesture to the rakyat during GE. Uh, Chong says, allowing EPF withdrawals is the easy way out. They have to come up with better assistance, reduce subsidies and corruption.
2: And this was exactly the point that we were trying to address earlier, right, with that question of creating a dependency um, and then leaving for the actual problem to be solved by a future government. Um, anyway, keep those thoughts coming. You can call 777 send a voice note or WhatsApp 18 789 Tweet us at BFM Radio. We are asking you, do you think further EPF withdrawals should be permitted? We'll be back after this for your messages. Keep it here, BFM 89.9.
4: Banish fraudulent manoeuvres, BFM 89.9.
2: It is 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we are asking you, do you think further EPF withdrawals should be allowed? You can call us, you can WhatsApp us, you can send us a voice note, you can tweet us. Let's start on this side of things with a voice note. This is from Celan
1: actually we should have a basic universal income that is the more important thing in the long run i feel this is uh, uh, my my two cents worth thanks
2: thank you for that seelin um sure yes i have some Biases, universal basic income is one of them. I'm always inclined to say that's something I would support. Me too. Thank you for that. I agree. that, And, and that's definitely something we should be moving towards. I want to um, actually read a couple of messages on how and when people have withdrawn their EPF mm. and when that can be helpful. Um, so one is practical. One is a more, little bit more emotive. So I'll start with Anil, who says, I did a small calculation before withdrawing it. Within the next two years of dividends, I'll be able to cover the amount I withdrew. That's my logic. And I found this interesting because actually it reflects a lot of what our guest earlier, Dr. Numsari, was talking about, because this sort of calculation is plausible and possible when you're younger and you can make that kind of income back. Not everybody is able to do that, though.
3: Yes, uh, not everybody's able to do that. And if you are able to do that, it's likely that you are at a certain level of income. Mm, that's yeah. true. Um, we do also, uh, in in that same vein, I suppose, have an anonymous message who is weighing in on this, saying, I hated resorting to it, but I withdrew my EPF to help pay for my father's funeral last year.
2: I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. That cannot have been easy. And I think also speaks to the point about we are not equipped to judge what people might need that withdrawal for. No, so uh,
3: there's a distinction to be had, right? Mm. And I think that if we go all the way back to the start of the show, when Munif said, I actually don't know the answer, but here's what I see. Um, And I think in that same vein of trying to separate the the various threads that come together in the tapestry of this issue, it's important to separate or try to separate whether you agree or disagree with the EPF withdrawals and judging the people who did. Or judging the people who need to. And I think being able to distinguish that is important. And it's hard when you talk about something that is as collective as the EPF because EPF is a little bit we're all in it together. Um, How much there is to invest determines how much we all get back. So I I understand why there is that that emotion
2: and, and to a certain degree that judgment attached to it. But there shouldn't be. C.G. says people dipping into the EPF is a report card on how well the government is doing. Our currency is weak. It's the root cause of why we suffer so much. Mm. A lot of people, I think, coming in with a
3: a strong push for whatever it is economy needs to be bolstered. Um, and then a variety of reasons as to, as to why that is. Uh, we have Ling responding to the voice note um, before the seven o'clock news from Raj, who says... Seven to eight percent, and this was in relation to Raj saying that he would like to see higher returns on the EPF. So, links at seven to eight percent—is he working for a Ponzi scheme? Five percent consistent year on year is so hard to achieve. A solution for withdrawals is if people want to withdraw, um, allow removals minus the interest for withdrawal before maturity, uh, i.e., before retirement, unless for those allowed prior, like your first house
2: and so on. That's one way to do it, I suppose. Um, But again, it really depends on where you stand on withdrawal and people's ability to actually manage their funds post doing these withdrawals. Uh,
3: We have a message from Josan that is also in relation to how the returns um, from EPF are too low, other financial professionals are able to invest and make much better returns. And I I would like to respond to that, I think. Um, just to close off, Josan says, those with EPF savings of above 500k or a mil should be allowed to withdraw to manage their own funds, especially if you're financial professionals. So, okay, a few things there. Firstly, um, I think that that point about most financial professionals are able to invest. How many of us are financial professionals? Yes, you yes. know, um, for a lot of us... Or have
2: access to one. Yeah,
3: yeah. so um, Boye said this earlier. Boyi said that uh, for many Malaysians, the EPF is the only form of investment that they have. So in that context, I, I don't see the value in taking it out and saying, yeah, yeah, just go off and do whatever you want. Um, the other thing is people who earn above $500,000 does not necessarily... It doesn't necessarily equate to financial wisdom, right?
2: No, um, I mean, it can. It can, but no, I don't think it necessarily always means that. Um, We have, this one was an interesting one. We have Norman saying, uh, sorry, no, we have, first I want, well, Norman says yes to those who have enough funds for it, uh, which a number of people have said. But um, Adi says, time to democratise the EPF, like the superannuation of Australia. People can choose their own funds and take it out when necessary. But, so my... My thing here is that the superannuation um, is is a voluntary scheme, or rather it's something that people can choose to sign up for um, and functions a little bit differently from uh, how our EPF works. So... I, I, I don't know whether I think this idea of, a, once again, going back to what our guest said, uh, the EPF isn't just our money. The EPF is actually a pool that is put together that is meant to act as a um, an investment that can later be withdrawn once um, once we are allowed to withdraw it. Uh, so those are people who are pro-withdrawals. Um, we haven't
3: managed to give enough, enough time, I think, to the people who are not for it um, and Broadly, I think uh, most of the messages we've been getting have not been. So let's go with um, this one from... Kyrie, who says no more EPF withdrawals af- except after retirement age, please. It is a retirement fund for a reason, for God's sake. Um, similarly, Joe says EPF is for retirement and shouldn't be used for short-term cash flow challenges. Um, maybe you want to consider the applicant's income as uh, the person gainfully employed at the point of application. Are they past withdrawal? Uh, look at their past withdrawal trends, so on and so forth.
2: So all this talk about financial um, financial planning, having knowledge of what to do with your money. Um, and, and just in relation to what you just said, Lynn, I feel that, and, and of course we have bodies like AKPK who are there to serve a, a sort of role in these matters. But I think perhaps that's one way to think about not how to help people directly financially, but how to give people the tools to understand what their money and their savings means and how to capitalise on it effectively. Because I think for a lot of people, some of a lot of these issues are very opaque. And um, when you think about something like how to resolve an issue you have today, and then you're told, well, you have one option, you can take it out of your retirement, it may seem like a no-brainer, but actually it's a lot more complex than that. So... Um we have
3: Ro- uh, Rose who says keep EPF money growing dividends where it should be. Perhaps more help can be channeled to the B forty with low interest saving loans or better tax rebates. Yeah, I think that's one way to do it. I think so. Um, I think the low interest savings loan is is an interesting uh, is an interesting point. Tax rebates is tough because I'm not sure how many people within the B forty are paying taxes. Yes, uh, simply because of you know the tax brackets, right? Mm. Like if If you fall within the B40 category, it's very likely that you're not in fact paying taxes. Well,
2: although if you extend that to the point that we were making earlier about how there are people who may not fall into that B40 category, um, tax rebates is one thing. But I think, again, what are you talking about? Rebates for what? Uh, But I I do think that there are things that could be looked at in terms of other ways in which to buffer this issue. Um, We have, let's see... um, We have Edwin saying, we shouldn't allow EPF withdrawals anymore. Already more than 50% of EPF members have less than fifty thousand ringgit for their retirement. Those irresponsible ministers that allowed the EPF withdrawal during the MCO and then further claimed credit that it saved the rakyat should uh, be recorded in the history book for their irresponsible actions.
3: Uh, Meezy says, no further EPF withdrawals. It doesn't mean that just because the PM had supported it previously that we should continue doing something when the repercussions are getting increasingly dire. If we were to process the cases that are calling for withdrawals, I wonder how many of them would prove that it would realistically save their situations and not be a case of throwing good money after bad instead that maybe people should look for more long-term solutions like cost-cutting, taking up jobs even though it's not the type we've been used to, um, but you know, it, it's no longer available.
2: That's a tough one, right? Um, yeah, I, I actually, that, that I, I think the point about How has this really helped? And what is the long term impact? Is information that we don't yet have access to isn't really clear to us. Uh, But I think we have some numbers, right? The fact that, um, as one of our listeners said earlier, uh, you know, such a large number of people now have diminished their savings so drastically. That's not a good sign. It's the lack of buffer that's really scary,
3: I think, for a lot of people.
2: Yes, I agree. um in the meantime, keep your you so, keep your thoughts coming through. Do you think we should do another round of ePF withdrawals? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred send us a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine tweet us at bFm radio.
4: be free minded b f m
2: eighty nine point nine It is. Seven twenty two, you're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn, and we're asking you, do you think further EPF withdrawals should be allowed? Do weigh in, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, tweet us at BFM radio. We're still getting plenty of messages.
3: We're are ah, so um, just to have a look we've got some suggestions um, that have come through specifically specifically on the subject of here are some ways we could think about it. So OSK says, there is a plausible way to withdraw while recovering retirement savings in future. This works by essentially borrowing against your future retirement savings. A loan is taken out against the EPF balance and additional interest is charged on future payments, essentially requiring contributors to deduct a higher percent of their salary, say 15% in the next 10 years to restore the difference.
2: I Yeah, and... um. I Eric is saying something similar, saying that um, we can provide loans and make a percentage of deductions monthly via EPF over a longer period. So there's some ways, I suppose, to uh, create a kind of... I wanted to say accountability, but perhaps that's not the word to use. Um, I suppose to ensure that you are doing exactly that, borrowing against your retirement savings rather than withdrawing your retirement savings. Yeah, so Eric's point um, really... um, Eric's point really does uh, cover that in, uh, specifically in terms of how we could, um, how if we were to talk about making more withdrawals, whether we uh, whether that's something that could help. Um, we have Lukman saying, "In the moment that we need it, we don't have it." I pity those who don't part, who didn't want to participate in KWSP, um, either if they were the B forty staff or if they had an irresponsible employer.
3: I. I have to be honest, um, I've been finding this show increasingly, uh, difficult to, to be cheerful about or or to sound cheerful because I think, uh, through the course of the last hour, the messages that we've been getting have really shown, um, have really shown a, a need for more financial buffer, whether that's from people who currently don't have anything at all, or whether that's from people who foresee that pretty soon they are going to be struggling, pretty soon um, things are going to be tough. And I I feel you, Lokman. I, I also feel a lot of sympathy for people who suddenly find themselves either in their 30s or 40s and Having to withdraw, um, or in their 50s, having to withdraw, um, or
2: people who find themselves at 55 suddenly having nothing at all. So I also think about, um, uh, our guest, Dr. Nungsari said, right? Um, how about the ones we haven't even heard from? How are they doing? Um, and I think about that too, because obviously the people we are hearing from on our show, um, that's nothing but the tip of the iceberg. What about the people for whom, um, they don't have any savings. Even making another withdrawal perhaps is not a possibility. How do we mitigate that?
3: Shani is saying... um the contribution is for old age. <laughs> it feels like we're, we're just, you know, kind of hitting a, hitting a theme for the show. Uh, the contribution is for old age. It's one's own and employer contribution. Um, the employer portion is not from the employer's pocket, but it's contributed by the consumers who paid for the goods and services sold by the employer. We should make this very clear. EPF is a social protection. It should only be for the old age. The previous decision to allow withdrawals was not prudent. Um, anyone facing financial difficulties should be encouraged to be counseled by AKPK, with a special mandate to assist all seeking help. Universal Basic Income also needs contribution, including via taxation.
2: Yes, to Universal Basic Income. uh, That counselling by AKPK is uh, sort of what I was talking about in terms of providing, arming people with more financial knowledge so that they can uh, not just... Make future decisions, but perhaps also learn uh, what they can done with the, what they can do with the decisions they made in the past. Um, I wanted to read this from Peter because it's interesting. No to further EPF withdrawals, raise the retirement age instead. This is what I mean when I say I'm finding it hard to stay cheerful about this show. Um, I, I see the
3: I see the the reason why that's being suggested. Um, this is
2: Singapore, though. Yes. Yeah. There, then is. we're getting
3: to Singapore levels because they're retired. They're still just working
2: in other things. Peter says short term solution long term suffering equals to i pokai. different peter different peter yeah, that's right. it's it's yeah um
3: this is a f- sad and funny piece of play I was going to say wordplay. you said
2: bleak bleak but funny
3: yeah it, it this is i mean someone is going to
2: make the t-shirt right like Aichitra, Chitra, Ay Lestari, <laughs> i <pokai." sighs> anyway I do apologize for the turn that this conversation has taken, but we've been talking about uh, EPF withdrawals and whether they should be permitted. Um, This came uh, on the wake of the Prime Minister saying it's not likely to happen, but there have been many calls for it. Share your thoughts with us. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Keep it here, BFM 89.9.
1: You have been listening to a podcast
0: from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the
1: same kind, download the BFM app.